What do you do when what you need is the absolute positively last thing you want? Hi, welcome to another episode of Business Mindset Mastery. My name's Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and performance coach for business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. You can always find me over at choosetohaveitall.com. And in full transparency, I have been sitting with this listener question for a couple of weeks. I actually wrote back to the writer of this letter and said, hey, I need to think about this a bit. I'm not sure that I want to talk about this on the show because she's asking me some personal information, but usually I don't have a problem sharing personal information. But the question she's asking today gets tied to my relationship with my husband. So part of it ends up being part of his story to tell in his business. And I have no problem airing my dirty laundry if I feel like people are going to get a purpose out of it, if they're going to benefit from it somehow, if somehow it's going to make things easier for them, or I'm going to teach a lesson or offer an aha moment. But I don't think I should be doing that at someone else's story's expense. That doesn't feel fair. It doesn't feel authentic. It doesn't feel like it has integrity. Um, And so what I decided to do is I'm going to answer this question and I'm going to expect that all listeners understand that I'm not giving away all the personal bits. Um, So let's just dive into the question and get started. Heather, I'm quite certain that I have no business asking this, but I'm going to ask anyway. You tell us to own where our control ends and someone else's begins, and I guess mine ends with the ask and yours starts with whether or not you choose to answer. You've mentioned that you sometimes wonder where people listen to you or what they are doing when they're listening. Well, thanks to you, I was just weeping in a car dealership waiting for my car's oil change. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I happened to catch some of your episodes about your move. I gather from recent episodes that all turned out okay, but I just heard one where you said you actively didn't want to move, that you resisted it. It seems that it worked out for you in the end, and I'm happy for that, and I appreciate you sharing the dark times so we can learn from them. I keep wondering, and again, this might be too personal, and I'm super nervous to be asking, but why did you move if you didn't want it? How did you know it was best for you? Was it only because you were married? Most of the questions on your show are from people who want something but are afraid. You actively didn't want to move, and you were afraid. So how the heck did you pull that off? But why did you even put yourself through that? Wasn't part of your control in saying no altogether? Couldn't that have been your boundary? I ask not to be nosy, but I'm in it too. I'm a stay-at-home mom of a three-year-old and I'm pregnant with our second child due in December. My husband and I can see how our small condo won't last us much longer. He wants to move us out of the city into a suburb a few hours away from where we are so that we can afford more house and have an easier standard of living when our second comes. Here's the thing. I know it's only a few hours, but I don't want to give up city life. My mom doesn't drive and now she's the only, and now she only lives around the corner. I like being nearby to help her, even though she says she'd be fine. And all of my mom friends are either in my own town or in the town nearby. I keep thinking about suburbs and thinking isolation, but I feel selfish. I don't want to work. I don't want my husband to feel burdened and his solution solves the problem. I just feel that I would be miserable. I keep wondering over and over again what you would do and what you would think and then feel dumb for even asking because a couple of hundred miles to your couple of thousand miles makes no sense. But I need some insight and direction here. How did you say yes when all you wanted to do was say no? Okay, 
diving in. The real question you're asking me here is a wants and a needs question, right? Because you know already that you and your husband need a larger home to contain your growing family. You know that there would be new stresses, new challenges in a small condo with a larger family than you would have if you were in a suburban neighborhood. You also know that part of how you get your strength, part of where you find your joy, part of your enjoyment in your own life is that your mom is just around the corner, all of your friends and their kids are all nearby, and this is entirely safe. I absolutely relate to you, and I can see why you reached out, and I can see why you were asking the question, because this idea that my husband and I don't have kids, so if he wanted to move and he wanted a new life somewhere else, he could just go without me, or I had to choose to go with him. I can tell you it's a little bit more complicated than that. And I I think you kind of know that instinctively. But I think that what you're trying to like get from me and what you really want to know is how did I navigate that? How did I sit with all of this? This idea that I was making this huge ass sacrifice for my husband or just for a logistic. So something would be easier in your case because that's what it sounds like. It doesn't sound like your husband is like sort of like chomping at the bit for suburban life, but he's recognizing that it offers you guys a lot of um, a lot of options and opportunities for your growing family and thinks it would be a good idea logistically. And for you, you may understand the logistics, but you're tied with the feelings. And I can tell you that for my husband and I, it got messy and we fought way more than we talked. It was not a lot of discussion. It was a lot of arguments and periods of trying and fits and starts of having the conversation and walking away and having the conversation again. And what I think really sort of defines this period of time is we weren't a team. There was a sense of what he wanted and a sense of what I wanted and everything that's gotten us through every other impossible hard part in our lives before his injury, getting sick again in 2015, when I decided I didn't want my brick and mortar business all, you know, anymore. All of those times we were really good team members. We weren't perfect team members and we, you know, definitely have our own history of drama and duking it out and and sort of getting in intense arguments and discussions. But this was the first time where like we both abandoned the ship of teamwork, right? And it just became like, you want this and you want to change this and I want this and you like accusations, right? Like you're not on my side, you're not on my team. And so when you think like that, you get into the land of I as opposed to the land of we. And many counselors and many therapists will tell you that this is best done when you get back to the land of we. There's a whole different podcast episode for how you can do that. That's not going to be this show because I can tell you I was still kind of a therapist at the time and the last thing I was interested in was joining the land of we. I wanted no part of it. But since I was staying firmly planted in the land of I, I needed to decide what I thought was best. I had to get crystal clear on the life I wanted to have, the business I wanted to run, who I wanted to be, and how I wanted to move through the world. If I was, wasn't including him anyway, and we were fighting anyway, and we were already in crisis, I didn't need to consider him. I had to consider what I wanted 
for the big picture. And when I got really boldly, crystal clear honest with myself, I didn't know whether or not my marriage was going to survive this time. There were moments where, and again, this is hard to share in a public podcast, where I was positive I wasn't going to be married on the other side of this. So if I was going to be doing it alone, what did I want my life to look like? And when I got brutally honest, I didn't want to live in New England anymore. I hadn't wanted to live in New England for an incredibly long time. I'd always daydreamed about living in North Carolina. I was really attracted to the idea of living in Colorado and Denver. I really wanted um, an easier pace. I wanted to be around nicer, less aggressive people. I wanted a more forgiving climate. It was so clear to me that being a New Englander was not authentic to me. And what I realized in the really darkest moments, and yes, they were dark, dark moments, is that if I wasn't married on the other side of this conflict... I was going to move anyway. I wouldn't start my life over even with my people nearby, which sounds kind of absurd, right? Because if you're like, you know, wrecking your business and wrecking your marriage at the same time, you should probably stay close to friends and family. But it became so crystal clear to me that I wasn't going to do that, that I wouldn't choose that path, that I would be picking up and moving. So then once I knew I was going to move anyway, I just asked myself if I had one more round in me in my marriage, if I had it in me to give this California thing a go and really go for it. And what I got really crystal clear is that I had to do it for a better quality of life. And we were sitting on two job opportunities at the time. One was Cleveland, Ohio. One was California. And if you do the math and you look at the miles, Cleveland, Ohio is closer to my family. But it doesn't change the weather. It's an easier standard of living. We could have probably afforded three houses for the price of what we're paying here in California, but it wasn't going to change the landscape of my life. California offered the opportunity for everything to be different. So even though I didn't actively want it, it was the best option on the table. It fit the overall picture of my life. And what you're talking about here is the overall picture of your life, that you can see where it would be easier. Your husband wouldn't feel the burden of the money. You could get more house. Your kids could be in a yard. You could probably have an easier way of living if you just make this move. But you've got your people too. And here's the thing about the people thing that I didn't know until I was on the other side of it. We have more control over that part than we think. We get to decide how often we're going to go back, how we're going to enable it and make it so people can come to us more easily, what the structure of our friendships are going to look like so things don't have to change as much. We get to have a say by what we prioritize. I have friends that I text every single day, 
all throughout my day sometimes. I have another friend who we make sure we talk one or two mornings a week. Other people, not so much because that shifts and changes and your priorities shift and change. And the reality is, my friend, you are not going to be able to prioritize keeping in touch with everyone. You will have to make those hard choices. So yeah, you're going to have to consider whether or not when you look at the life you want to have and how you move through the world, whether or not suburban life fits that picture, whether or not you see yourself in a slower pace of life with a different culture and a different attitude around you, if that works for you, if you can see yourself with a house and kids and a yard, or do you imagine yourself growing your family in the city like so many other families in the city do? If you get really still and you close your eyes and you ignore the loss and you ignore the compromise, do you see life in the suburbs being closer to the life you or you and your husband hopefully have talked about over the years? What feels closer to the life you want to have and how you want to move through the world? That's the gut check you need to do. Because yes, the suburbs might be what you need, but just because it's logical doesn't mean that's the right answer. I did a, I did a podcast episode on that when logic makes no sense. So it's this idea that if you are on opposite sides, and it doesn't sound like you and your husband are in intense conflict about this, but you're certainly having your fair share of disagreements about it. But if you ignore what you're giving up, does it make sense? Does it seem to fit the life you always said you wanted. And then given the changes that you have to have, how can you talk to people involved? How can you set things up? So one of the things, you know, I said to my husband is I said, you know, sometimes, you know, people can't afford to come to California. I said, you know, what happens if we have to support people with airfare or help them get to us or meet halfway because I refuse to have money be a reason why I don't get to see people. So I had that conversation. You know, one of the other things that I recently said is like, listen, we're not planning on, you know, going home again until November, which means like, I'm not going to get to see my kids outside because November is already cold in New England. Like, I think I might, I know you don't get time off, but I think I might want to see my kids in the summer. So I'm planning a trip by myself to go so that I can have playdates with all the kids in my life. So it's about given that this is what's happening, what do you need to make it happen in a way that doesn't make you ache? that doesn't make you break. It's really easy to get caught up in that emotional reaction. It's really easy to get caught up in a story of self-righteousness, of judgment, of defensiveness, and it's really easy to abandon the team and abandon ship. I can tell you it's harder to get back on and it's an active conscious choice where you then have to repair the wounds. And both of us made left our marks on this situation and both of us had to heal the wounds that we had put on the other person. So it's a process, but it's a choice. If you can get clear with the way you want your life to be, then decide which one really fits, then you have that discussion with your husband, even if it means that in your bones, in your gut, you don't come up with what I came up with was I'm going to move regardless. So if you say like, no, I'm sitting with this, it's city life, then you have to talk to your husband about how the two of you are going to make city life work with an extended family so that he doesn't feel the financial burden and you don't feel like you're constantly living on top of one another. 
but making those conscious choices, having those conscious conversations, doing it with good intention of the big picture, the life you want to have, the person you want to be, and how you want to move through the world. If you get really still with that, I'm sure you'll get there. I, I really appreciate you for asking this question, but also for your patience and my answer. I, I think I've nailed it for you here. I think I've respected my husband enough um, in my storytelling so that you can learn from my experience, but that you can also chart your own path. Thanks for reaching out to me. I really enjoyed our conversations about this too. I appreciated your openness and helping me sort this through. So I certainly hope that now that this is, um, as they say in Britain, <laughs> done and dusted, um, I hang out with a lot of Brits in my course now, so I'm picking up all the Britisms. So now that this is done and dusted, I hope you found value here. And I appreciate your patience as I slowed the conversation down and made sure that it was right with me. Thanks so much for reaching out. I really enjoyed this opportunity. Anybody else who has a question and wants my two cents on your problem, your business problem, your life problem, just toss it at me. The best questions come from the best pod comes from the best questions. And I look forward to tackling yours in a coming episode. Thanks so much. Bye for now.